This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More Ole Miss football fall camp, some Ole Miss recruiting, and Ole Miss men's basketball coach Kermit Davis coming up on this edition of Talk of Champions. But first, let me tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, one of the many proud sponsors of this here podcast. If you're in the market for a new car, there is no better time to buy at Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Not only do they now have in stock the 2020 Jeep Gladiator, which is half Wrangler, half truck, it's the perfect car for me, but also 20% off select Ram trucks. And I know, I know, no one really loves the car buying process. I'm with you. It can be overwhelming. You're just looking for the best deal. Well, Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is here for you. And what separates Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Tell them Talk of Champions sent you. Maybe that'll help when you buy that 2020 Jeep Gladiator, that 4x4 truck you've been looking for. 20% off right now. Select Ram Trucks. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. And now, it's Talk of Champions. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Today's guest co-host, it's a blast from the past. It's David Johnson at Rebels247. Today's guest is Kermit Davis, Ole Miss men's basketball coach. David, how are you? Welcome back. Doing good, uh, considering I'm from the past. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Blast from the past. He's David Johnson. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Kermit coming up in about 15 minutes, but first, Ole Miss football had a scrimmage on Saturday. Completely closed to everyone, not just the media, not just the fans, everybody that isn't associated with that team. Have we gotten any nuggets, any insight from anybody about how it went? Yeah, I I think they were tired. I went to meet the Rebels day on Saturday and uh, just walking around, bumping into a couple of sources. That kind of seemed to be the theme that uh, they were a fatigued football team on Saturday. It was to be expected as hard as they're working. Um... You know, some of the things that I've picked up on a little bit, I I think they were pretty happy with the offensive line play, both the first and freshman field second unit. No injuries that I know of. And again, you know, we're going to talk to Matt Luke following Monday's practice, and he's going to fill us in on everything. Uh, That's pretty much where I've got to stop it at, Ben, to be quite honest with you. I mean, it's, uh, as you mentioned, closed. Uh, clandestine, if you will, uh, endeavor that they efforted through on Saturday. But uh, I don't know of any injuries, and I understand that they they just kind of thought their guys were a little tired, a little fatigued, and they should be when you're talking about being on day eight of fall camp. Is the offense ahead of the defense, defense ahead of the offense? If you had to gauge it, what would you say? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because, you know, we have such uh, limited viewing 
at the practices we are allowed to attend. About eight periods. That includes just a, a very little bit of offensive and defensive teamwork. Not that they're opposite of each other. I mean, the offense is on one field, the defense is on the other, and a whole lot of stretching and drills. Uh, so I'm not talented enough to deduce that from what we're able to see. Uh, generally speaking, you know how things go at this point of fall camp. The defense is probably a little bit ahead of the offense because there's more execution to concern yourself with on the offensive side of the football. But I don't know that to be the case. I wish I had the answers. What are the most encouraging signs to you so far? I'll start off with the offensive backfield. Scotty Phillips is Scotty Phillips. He's a known commodity. We all know what he can do. Snoop Connor, however, uh, you know, we, we got a little taste of him toting the rock in spring practice. He seems to be even better, even more comfortable in the backfield than what he was back in the spring. And you would expect that to be the case as he's absorbing the speed of the game and and Rich Rod's uh, you know, installation process. And then Jerry on Ely, we didn't get to watch him in the spring. I think he is as ad- advertised. I think he's going to be used more or less as a special weapon this fall. Uh, I think Snoop Connor is ultimately going to be Scotty Phillips' primary backup. I think you're going to see Jerrion Ely get some carries. And then I think Isaiah Woolard and Devon Penniman at this point are, are, are probably fighting, uh, you know, to get their way into that, that, that third back, so to speak, in the rotation this fall. And I, I view that as a positive because there is depth in this Ole Miss backfield, much more depth than there was last year when it was Scotty Phillips, Isaiah Woolard, and then Prey. Uh, you kind of saw a little bit of that at the tail end of the season when Scotty got injured and had to miss a couple of games. Um, there's depth in the Ole Miss backfield. I think that's number one. Secondly, I, I think they're cobbling together what is going to prove to be a pretty efficient offensive line. I don't know about the depth. We just It's just too early to know if there's going to be new depth materialized. But I do know when you look out there and see that second-team offensive line, and it's made up of three true freshmen and a couple of redshirt freshmen, and there have been some upperclassmen that – have kind of been taking third team reps lately. That's a good sign in terms of uh, did they hit or did they miss on this O line class? I think they hit on it. Now, by no means am I saying they're going to be ready to give quality snaps, uh, you know, in, in mass come come this season. But but I think that's a positive sign that there are some guys there who may be able to work themselves into being early contributors on the offensive line. And uh, I think Ole Miss desperately needs that. Uh, Going over to the other side of the football, Ben, I like the defensive line depth. I mean, I'm starting to see guys like Quentin Bivens and KD Hill show up on the interior of that Ole Miss defensive line. He already got Josiah Coatney, Benito Jones, Dorikius Tisdale, Ryder Anderson. You know all about those guys. But then you can add a KD Hill and a Quentin Bivens into that thing. And I, I'll tell you, I, I, I like the uh, I like the two true freshmen out there. Ladarius Cox has an unbelievable body. He is thick, big, humongous, and then. And uh, Patrick Lucas, Patrick Lucas has flashed a little bit. So I think they've got some depth up there on the defensive line. Uh, And then finally, and we're talking about positives here. I I see it particularly with the inside linebackers. Uh, Momo Sanogo, Willie Hibbler, 
the JUCO newcomer, Lakia Henry. You got guys like Dante Evans and Zy Baker that are starting to show up. Uh, Jeff Coons has some depth at his inside linebacker position. So those are four positives. Uh, I would say I, I can pull out a fall camp right now. The Snoop Jerion situation has more to do with Snoop being here in the spring while Jerion's playing catch up, right? I would say some of that is in play, not all of that, because they're definitely two different kind of ball carriers. Um, you know, Jerry on Ely obviously is going to be more versatile with his speed. And, uh, you know, we all know that not, uh, not only will he line up in the backfield, he's going to play some slots some as well. And that kind of frenetic offensive position that Rodriguez likes to put in motion a whole lot. He'll be there with an, like an Elijah Moore, a Tylen Knight. And now I will say this though, I, I look up at one point last week in practice and Snoop Connors lining up in the slot too. So I think you're going to see those guys kind of be interchangeable. Whereas you may see Scotty Phillips and Snoop Connor on the field at the same time. Connor may be in the slot or you may see Connor in the backfield and Ely in the slot. Um, you're going to see a lot. I think a lot of two running backs on the field at the same time this fall, even though they, they might not both be in the backfield. Isn't that funny, though, how recruiting works? Jerion's the five-star top 50 kid. Snoop, they just decided late to give him a scholarship. He takes it, and here he is possibly going to be the primary backup, at least early on, to Scotty Phillips. While Jerion, he's trying to figure everything out, and while he's going to be on the field, right now those carries most likely going to Snoop. Yeah, it, it really is, and it just shows you how difficult it is to evaluate a high school prospect properly and, and, and hit the nail on the head in terms of how he's going to develop, how quickly he's going to develop into a collegiate prospect. And, I mean, this is in, in no way negative on Jerry Ely. Look, the kid is as advertised, but, but you know, I think the point you're trying to drive home is, look, no SEC schools wanted Snoop Connor. It took Ole Miss almost up to the finish line to figure out that they decided they wanted Snoop Connor. And uh, he's turning out he could be possibly one of the biggest impact true freshmen in the Southeastern Conference this season. So, yeah, I, I mean, there's something to be said about recruiting rankings. I guess you have to have a starting point, but uh, you never know because the game is so much different. I, I mean, obviously, it, it's a lot faster. It's much more physical, but your whole life is turned upside down. And that's that's something you never weigh into how good of a ball player a kid's going to be. I mean, all of a sudden. You're not in your hometown anymore. All of a sudden, you're not the baddest dude on campus anymore. Everybody in your locker room was a high school All-American, pretty much. And, and I mean, you know, your whole world is flipped upside down. You've got to adjust to not eating mama's cooking. you got to adjust to going to class and, uh, you know, and doing football really 365 days a year where you probably were not doing that in high school. So it takes, uh, it takes guys, some guys time to catch up to that. Some guys just hit the ground running. Uh, but we don't ever factor that into rankings. You know, how is this guy going to make the jump? Some make it fine. Some, it takes a little while. Wide receivers, those newcomers, Dennis Jackson, Jonathan Mingo, Drummond, you name it, any newcomer from the scuttlebutt out there for the limited time we've been allowed to see them. Anybody in particular jumping out to you? Yeah, I think it's got to be Jonathan Mingo. I mean, uh, you know, when you have a veteran, if you're going to wear that number one, it better be you. Yeah. And, and here you go. When you have a veteran defensive back, like a miles Hartsfield stand up at the podium and go and unsolicited say he reminds me of AJ Brown. 
when he gets the ball in his hands, man, he's physical. He's like a running back. He's a guy that's hard to tackle. And then, of course, ever since SEC Media Days, Matt Corral has been touting Jonathan Mingo as a, a special kid. I mean, his exact words is that kid is going to be special. Corral would know he's been throwing him routes all summer long. I, I think he's the guy that you start off with talking about those newcomer wide receivers. But then you bring up Dontario Drummond. There's no doubt he's going to play a role as a big edge receiver for Ole Miss this fall. Dennis Jackson, maybe the quickest guy on the team. He might not have the uh, the best 40 time per se, but on the football field, he may have the quickest football speed on the team. And then Jaden Jackson, a kid that we got to see back in the spring, very capable of taking the top off of coverages. I'm excited about this group. Now, look, there's going to be a maturation process, Ben. They're not going to go out there this fall and all of a sudden be AJ, DK, DeMarcus, and and whoever else you want to throw into that. It's going to take a little while. But I'm telling you, by year two or year three, I would not surprise would not be surprised if this group's getting just as many accolades as that former group uh, received during their final year at Ole Miss. Was that kind of the scouting report for Jonathan Mingo coming out of high school? And not saying he was A.J. Brown, but an A.J. Brown type, the mold. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I, I mean, no doubt about it. And, I mean, that's why you sat there and you saw programs like Georgia making a serious push for him all the way down until National Signing Day. I think everybody knew what kind of special talent he could be. He's a kid that has seemingly made the adjustment, uh, hit the ground running, and and I think you're going to hear Jonathan Mingo's name a whole lot this fall. I think you're going to hear Dennis Jackson. I think you're going to hear Jaden Jackson. Um, you know, I, I, I think that whole crew uh, is going to be heard from to some level Uh, this fall because the doors are wide open really and truly. I mean, when you look out there and Braylon Sanders and Demarcus Gregory are are pretty much your, your most experienced guys in that receiving core. And Elijah uh, Moore. Elijah Moore. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be room for other guys to make a mark this fall. And I think you're going to see that happen. You got to pick one newcomer on offense to make the biggest impact. It's Snoop for you. Yeah, I I think so. I think he's capable. uh, You know, again, Scotty Phillips is your guy. Uh, But if somebody else has to be your guy through the course of this season, I think Snoop Connor is more than capable of doing that. Okay, offensive line-wise, Nick Broker, Jeremy James, those were the two newcomers that Jack Bignell, Matt Luke, mentioned by name as potentially providing depth. Any intel you got on those two guys? Yeah, you know, I I think if anybody out of those seven true freshman offensive linemen are going to uh, be able to help this year, I think it's going to be Nick Broker at some point. Look, all those kids are going through something they've never gone through before. And, uh, you know, I, I still think there has to be the matriculation towards maturation, if you will, for these new coming offensive linemen. And again, I mean, Ben, we can go back the last decade here and count on one hand the number of true freshman offensive linemen that have been able to play early and produce meaningful snaps. Uh, That would be Laramie Tunsil, Greg Little, Javon Patterson, Aaron Morris. Really and truly. Austin Golson did play some as a true freshman. And, and yeah, he probably played some meaningful snaps, never started as a true freshman at Ole Miss. But it, it's the rare true freshman offensive lineman, that being my point, that could come in and actually uh, actually produce for you. Now, 
necessity is the mother of invention. And uh, there may be that element of necessity that Ole Miss has to deal with this year. And these guys are going to have to be forced into battle no matter what because the depth is thin. And, and like I was talking about earlier, a good thing when you go out there and you see those true freshmen getting those second-team reps, on one hand, that does make you feel good. On the other hand, maybe not so good that um, your whole second-team offensive line is comprised of freshmen. The whole thing about offensive line is of any position on the field, offense or defense, that's the hardest spot to break in as a true freshman. The physicality of the position alone yeah. makes it difficult to break in. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, if you're an athlete and you can do athletic things, you can you can help and make plays at the skill position. But look, if your strength is not up to the standard where it needs to be and, and your quickness off the ball – I mean, you're going to be a detriment on the offensive line until you can get to that point where you can handle those big 330-pound super athletes on the other side of the football. And uh, you can make plays in space being an athlete. Uh, you don't have space to work with as an offensive lineman. So how are you feeling now after having watched them for a little bit in the reports we've gotten? I feel good. I, I mean, I really do, and it's hard to put your finger on it. it, it it's 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 an intangible aspect of what you feel like is going on out there. You know, I, I think you feel like everybody's got a hold of the rope and everybody's pulling it in the same direction. Uh, there's a lot of chatter about the improvement on the coaching staff. That is tangible. I mean, you can see it at practice. Um, I, I think you can hear it in the interview rooms when you have Mike McIntyre come in after a defensive practice and he explains in great detail exactly what they're looking for in the scrimmage, exactly what he wants his guys doing in terms of improving tackling, exactly what the everyday routine is uh, for his guys to make sure when they get out there on the field, they're going to be able to tackle, which is something that has plagued Ole Miss for several seasons. Now And then Rodriguez, look, I mean, I, I categorize him, Ben, as a mad scientist, okay? We know what he's capable of cooking up in the kitchen. We've seen it now for 25 years. He's one of the more innovative minds in the history of college football. He's been out of college football for a year. He didn't sit on his butt. He went and, and visited different NFL teams, explored different concepts, all of that. And now he's had eight months to absorb in the talent he inherited at Ole Miss and how he can put that talent in the best position to do what I think are going to be some freak things offensively this fall. I'm not talking about 90-yard touchdown passes and everything, but the glimpse we've got of this Ole Miss football team where people used to complain, oh, we never put two tight ends on the field. We never run out of a two-bit. Set. The quarterback never goes under center. Man, you're going to see a little bit of all of that, I think, this season. Based on what we've been able to see in spring and early on in fall camp, this is going to be an innovative offense that's going to be able to execute a lot of different things good. And, and I think that's going to pay dividends. That voice you hear is David Johnson. This is Talk of Champions. Follow David on Twitter at Rebels247. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions in iTunes, and we should be wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And if you do, go to iTunes. Make sure to leave a five-star review. Talk as much crap about me as you want. I don't care as long as it's five stars. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. It's not all football today on Talk of Champions. It's been a while since we did some basketball. Talk to Kermit Davis. So the Ole Miss head coach comes up now on the Modern Woodman phone line. The podcast brought to you by Thomas Chandler, your modern Woodman representative. It wasn't so long ago, I'm talking a couple of months, where financially I needed some help. 
Not that I was struggling, but getting my finances in order, organizing my money so that I'm in the best position for retirement, preparing for college for my kids, and everything else. I'm sure most every one of you can relate. And that's why you should do like me and contact Thomas Chandler today. He's your local Modern Woodman representative, and he'll get you right for retirement or savings or whatever you need. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. What does Modern Woodman do, though, you might ask? Financial security for you and your family through life insurance, financial planning, and financial services. Quality family life through member benefits and local fraternal activities. And community impact through volunteer projects that make a difference where members live, work, and play. It's time to get rid of your financial burden. Contact Thomas Chandler, 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Or you can check him out at www.modernwoodman.org. www.modernwoodman.org. That's Thomas Chandler, your Modern Woodman representative. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman phone line is Ole Miss men's basketball coach Kermit Davis. Basketball practices had their last one at the end of last week. Kerm, how you doing, man? Do you feel free now that practices are over? Or what's going on now? <laughs> I think everybody, players, coaches, support staff, everybody looks forward. It's been a really productive summer, but everybody looks forward to these kind of about 12 or 14 days that everybody, I mean, we're still in the office moving around, but kind of catch our breath, and that's great for the players to, to be able to get home and uh, kind of refresh a little bit. So what are these days like now? Is it just a true break for them, or uh, do they do anything in particular during this time before school gets started? Yeah, you know, uh, obviously at home, they'll all take out, they'll all take home workout plans, you know, and different things from Riley, our strength conditioning coach. A lot of them will hit it and really work. We had two guys not go home. KJ stayed here. Bryce Williams stayed here. Uh, obviously, Jarkel is in the gym more than anybody. And uh, so those, these guys, you know, they'll, they'll get to their different high school coaches and different people they work out with the next couple of weeks. How were practices? Were you pretty pleased with the work? Yeah, it was, it was good. You know, we, uh, I, I thought we had a scrimmage to kind of end it uh, at the very end on, on Thursday. And usually I, I leave those things just dejected. And I really was kind of encouraged, which was, which was good. And uh, it was too highly compelled at Devontae and Brian kind of pick the you know draft teams and uh it was really i think bryce williams hit a hit a three-pointer to buzzer to win the first one and Devonte kind of had a runner to tie the second one and just two really highly competitive scrimmages and we brought in sec officials and so it was a good way to uh to end the summer who's the first pick in a scrimmage draft uh i won't say who picked him but uh hadim side was the first pick and mm-hmm. i think kj was the second that's what I was going to say. I could see it. it's the bigs always go first. But you didn't sound overly pumped. You're always super critical of your own team. Um, as far as where this team is compared to last year's team, you didn't have a foreign trip. It's hard to gauge that. But do you think they're equally in the same spot? Or are they a little ahead, a little behind? What's the good, the bad of it? Yeah, you know, probably being because we had the extra 10 practices. And I guess probably about a year ago, yesterday, maybe when we played our first game there, so we had more, more packages in. But, uh, but but I like the way where our team is. A lot of work ahead of us. Uh, you know, the ball's got to move, share it better. We spent more more time offensively than this summer. Last year, probably a little more time defensively, just because we were trying to, to go play some games. And so we'll, we'll, we'll really kind of redirect when we get back. But I, really, I think we've got nearly a, we got a bunch of things in against man-to-man, nothing against zone, no zone defenses. Uh, but as far as the man-to-man offensive package and some principles defensively, yeah, I, I think we're probably a little bit further ahead than we were last year. 
orientation coming up August 19th. Will Sammy Hunter be here? I hope so. I sure hope so. I mean, we're still, he's still working at it. Uh, there's no finality to it at all. Uh, he hasn't been officially admitted to, to Ole Miss. And uh, so he's like just kind of, I thought we'd had something, you know, the last week. But uh, like I said, he's still, he's in Canada. He's still working. And uh, I sure hope he is, Ben. Is there a panic setting in yet, or do you still feel pretty optimistic that it's going to get done? Yeah, we feel really optimistic. You know, it's just one of those things that just just kind of sometimes you get hit with something that uh, on a transcript that um, maybe that you thought was going to count, it didn't. And then, you know, obviously Sammy's been up there this summer, uh, you know, just taking courses. And so he's, you know, he's he's really worked hard. He's doing really, really well. And uh, so right now, I guess kind of everything is just trying to come to a finale to get all the paperwork tied up and, uh, and hopefully get him admitted, like you said, by the 19th. Is this something y'all knew y'all were going to have to deal with while recruiting him? Well, I, I think obviously, you know, you, every transcript's evaluated. You knew Sammy was going to have to do well in school, and he did do re- really well in the spring. We we, we just kind of looking at initially and throughout the year, we thought he would definitely be a, you know, that second semester enrollee. And uh, it just didn't work out that way, which sometimes it happens. And, uh, and now he's just working through it. Well, looking at the roster, you mentioned Hadim C being on campus, being the first pick in the scrimmages. Has he been what you wanted him to be so far? He's got to get himself in better shape. Uh, he's he's really been very receptive to coaching. Uh, he's got a really high basketball IQ. Uh, I think he's got a lot of work ahead of him. I think his talent level is really high. I don't even think he's even close to where where he will be in uh, in December and January. Uh, but the the biggest thing, I mean, he is, he's 6'11", you know, 245 pounds, and he's really receptive to coaching. And so that part of it's been been really a fun to, to come to the gym with. It's got to be pretty different for you. And by no means am I trying to disparage last year's roster. But when you look across the gym now, you've got 10, 11 guys that could potentially play for you. The roster is deeper. It obviously opens up more opportunities, I would assume. Yeah, you know, like I said, I really enjoyed our team last year, but I just think that, you know, the overall depth, uh, and that that's to be seen, but but it sure does. I mean, the, I think the uh, the practices in October, we get going officially on the first. It's going to be a, a lot of competition at every spot, and when you have that, and you got competitive practices, and it seems like guys really really improve, and so I think that's going to happen. And uh, like I said, then you, you know, hopefully get Sammy here, gives you another 6'9", 230-pound player. And, uh, but it has been. Everybody had some good moments this summer. So when practices tip off officially in October, what's that first practice like? Well, it's so different than what it used to be, Ben, just because we've had so much time with our team. You, know, you, get, you get four hours a week on the floor, but at least you've had eight weeks in the summer. Then we'll have another you know, about five weeks before we get started at that same kind of model of four hours a week. And uh, so you're far, you're, you're further enough ahead. The first week, I think we'll, we'll go twice a day, probably three or four times a week. Use those mornings, not so much for physical, but just for mental rep, you know, kind of reps, uh, installing zone offenses, zone defenses. So, you know, more, maybe not even being taped in the morning, but more basketball IQ things for about an, about an hour. And then you come back in the afternoon, you're going an hour and 45 minutes to two hours in the afternoon. Physical practices, you know, kind of wretching up competition. 
What's the part of practice that every player hates? I don't know. I don't. I think probably you know, I'm not a guy that that runs guys uh, to to condition them. I think you condition them with a ball in your hands or doing competitive things. I am a guy that will put guys on the line for for lack of effort and uh, for lack of communication on the floor. So I probably say that's probably the the worst thing. I, I think probably any player, and I was included, the physical rebounding drills are probably the worst things that are dreaded in any college practice. And uh, those are usually the most competitive, kind of most physical things that you'll do. Who changed the body the most in the off season? Do you think Blake? Blake really did. You know, we gave out some awards, uh, and kind of at the end of of the year at my house, and uh, I think Blake won the award. You know, kind of a body that's most transformed. He's worked like crazy. His body looks great. Boy, he's really improved his athleticism of jumping and his feet. K.J. Buffett's another guy that's really improved his body. Carlos Curry is like a different. I mean, from the if we take these before and after pictures, his first day here, his body fat was his, his numbers were huge, and now just how he slimmed up. You know, another day in the scrimmage, you know, he you know he had he went out, and rebounded the ball, had some good moments. So those three guys, a lot of them have done it, but those three guys probably the most. Hold on now, wait. An awards show at your house? How does that work? What are you doing? Not an awards show. You give out awards for, I said show, I miss, it's awards for like uh, strength and conditioning, uh, just the guys at work, those kind of things at the end. Academic awards of guys that got over a 3.0, which I think we had eight guys do that. And so we just kind of, just kind of an ending uh, thing at my home that just kind of wrapping up the summer and then all the hard work and some of the accomplishments of the summer. See, I had in my brain, you being the Michael Scott handing out awards like the Dundies in the office. And now I'm thinking, why is there not a media award section in there? What's going on? You know, how are you leaving me out of here? We could. We'd have it'd be a tough battle, Ben. You'd be right at the top, buddy. Ah, see, I thought it was a slam dunk, but that's okay. So <laughs> lo- looking at the guards, I know it's always about who's next. Hadim C, Sammy Hunter, whoever it might be coming up. But the guards, Brienne, Devontae, have they been and done what you've wanted them to do this summer? Yep, they have. They both have. And um, I think that, you know, Brienne's leadership, especially in strength and conditioning on the floor, Devontae's maturity level uh, has gone up. God, just what he's doing in all areas from academics, uh, just dependability, leadership, uh, that part, you just see him growing and uh, maturing. Yeah, both of those guys have really had really good summers. Is it a motivator, do you think, for Brienne, and he mentioned this when we talked to him a couple weeks ago, to see TD start in a certain place in August and end by getting a guarantee, one-year guarantee from the Toronto Raptors? That's got to be a motivating thing. Yeah, I think it's a motivating thing for, for all your players, you know, that, you know, obviously, especially TD's story, you know, of where he started and, and where he ended. And uh, But Brienne's got to focus – you know, really on day to day, the process, and you're not trying to be all SEC every time you touch the ball. Uh, you're just trying to go through a process. You're trying to impact winning, and you got to. And I think Brian will do a great job of that. Get your mind off the end individual results, but just focus on the day to day team. And if you do that, his talent level is really, really high. Then he'll get everything he wants individually. You know, but motivating factors to see what TD's done, no doubt for the whole team. He went to the Chris Paul camp, did Brienne. And one thing NBA scouts that I've heard really like about him, yes, he's a little undersized to be an off guard, but 
that mid-range game that has completely disappeared from the NBA, he's got one of the best in the country, not just the SEC. Is that something you hear too? Yeah, you know, I, I've always said it, even like last year at this time. I thought he had one of the best mid-range games in college basketball. And, but I think this being, I think when you look at the playoffs and different things, mid-range basketball is coming back in the NBA. You see all those guys. I mean, I mean Kawhi Leonard is in just a different position, but boy, his mid-range game is unbelievable. You look at a lot of these other, you know, the, the length at the rim is just, just so good, even in the SEC and the NBA you better have something besides a three-point game and something right at the rim, whether it's runners, mid-range game. And uh, and I think Brian can definitely elevate and, and separate himself and get shots off, you know, in tough spots on the floor. You mentioned that length. I mean, that's what KJ can be, right? Now, bringing the three-point shot into games, not just practices, is a part of his game that he's got to add. But he's kind of got that look and build if he can just bring it out of him, all of it out of him during a game. We'll get right back to Ole Miss men's basketball coach Kermit Davis. But first, let me tell you about Grove Sharks tailgating and the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood. The Ole Miss football season has arrived. It's here. And Grove Sharks tailgating can take care of all your game day needs. Locally owned and operated, Grove Sharks tailgating specializes in tent rentals and setup packages that can accommodate parties and gatherings of all sizes. For more information, visit Grove Sharks Tailgating at GroveSharks.com and like them on Facebook at Grove Sharks or contact owner Eric Trimble at 662-816-3493. The Lamar, Oxford's only traditional neighborhood, is under construction. Brought to you by John Welty Realty. A traditional neighborhood means right where you live. A grocery store, a brewery, restaurants, shops, all within walking distance of your front door. But what about the houses? They're custom high-end spec houses, beautiful finishes, open concept, modern two-story houses. If you're looking for a three-bedroom, a two-bedroom, a one-bedroom, you'll find a fit with any of these three spacious layouts. Get in with the Lamar right now. Build-out is happening. For more information, contact John Welty at john at johnweltyrealty.com. That's john at johnweltyrealty.com. Or give him a call at 662-23-HOMES. 662-23-HOMES. And now... Back to talk of champions. Yeah, you know, he's really, really improved that part of it. His confidence level is is up, you know, behind the, the three-point line. He shot it well from there the other day. Uh, I do think that, you know, you know, you can't fall in love with it. You know, he's got to drive the ball, which I think is his strength. The biggest thing KJ has to improve on is his physicality defensively. And uh, and that's that's a huge part of what's going to be his growth. Can he go and really match up with the most physical guys in our league and have great resistance around the rim? Yeah, that's when you looked at him last year. I mean, he's a true freshman, but at times he was having a bang with the biggest of the SEC, and that had to wear on him a little bit. Is that a motivating thing, has been a motivating thing in the offseason to add that weight to get bigger? Because he's always had the frame, but he's had to add to it. Has he done that? Yeah, I mean, just – I mean, obviously, the, the the perfect model for me is a, a mixture of P.J. Washington and Okiki. You know, I mean, physicalness. It's a hell of a combo you know, there, Kerm. That's a hell of a combo. That's as good as it gets. And, you know, that that's kind of how you want your, your forwards to play. And, and we've talked a lot about those two guys. And, you know, those two guys are just so much more physical than K.J. was last year. I mean, K.J. was a, you know, really even a young freshman uh, for his age in the SEC, and he has some great moments, but no doubt. I mean, his fiscal is improving, but that's just something he's got to keep getting getting better at, you know, especially over these next, you know, six or eight weeks before the season starts. 
the three-point line's been moved back in college basketball. The one player that doesn't really change anything for is Blake. He's going to still take 35 footers. But how does it change for everybody else? Yeah, you know, Ben, I just it, – like I said, it's just it's commission to see, you know, uh, that you can sure tell a difference, you know, maybe even for stretch fours. Some stretch fours are bigs. Uh, you know, corner threes, which is the best three in basketball at any level. You know, is, is can guys really find that line in, in the corner? Um, is it going to make more zone defenses more prevalent because maybe the, the three-point field goal percentages go down? Will, will the floor shrink instead of going? I think eventually there's going to be no question that people are going to get more adapt to the line and, and, and the numbers will continue to go up and up and up. They may dip a little bit now comparatively, but they'll keep going up. Everybody get used to the line more. Um, so it is. It's going to be interesting to see exactly how it kind of shapes up with the with the field goal percentages behind the three. How do you prepare for it now? Well, you just you got to really, like I said, you have, I know we spent a lot of time on it, working at it, uh, trying to find the line, uh, trying to you know it's an art to being able to toe the line, you know, it's an art to to not on the corner to step and shoot, you know, bad, you know, two point shots that your toe is on the line. So it's an art to that and. Uh, you know, I do think that, you know, we have a terminology about heels above the three, you know, kind of our point of pickup defensively sometimes. So, obviously, that that went out and uh, further. And so, uh, and we're going to look a lot on zone defenses and different things when we get back into camp, especially October 1st. What makes the corner three the best three? I really think it's the rhythm. I think it's rhythm. I think it's more drawing kicks. Like we have a terminology, no corner threes. Like, a guy's driving the ball hard in the lane, you know, you fake and retreat, but you, you, you stay put to the corner three. You try to make a guard make a tough two over his defender and over a big at the rim. And so I just think if you see a lot of guys come off there, uh, offensive players trying to help, it's just kind of a rhythm drawing kick shot. And uh, it just seems like it's just guys are shooting more step-in open shots from the corner. What's the best shot that you try to get in an offense? I think in any good offense, I mean, it really is cheap baskets, Ben. I mean, really cheap baskets. I mean, you know, and you can get transition buckets because playing against length and half-court defenses, especially get harder and harder as the year ends. So that's number one. And then number two, obviously, you know, paint twos, you know, that you can get within the arc for this bigger perimeter. Uh, and then and then just what we just talked about, just drawing kick, step in threes. Triple threes are harder. Some guys can do it, some guys can't. But just draw and kick, step in threes, you know, that, uh, and I think those are, you know, great, great shots. Is driving and kicking something you can really teach, or is that something that you innately have to have as a player? Like, Brian's good at that. There are other players that aren't great at that. Devontae had to learn that a little bit because Devontae was like a train going through the lane, just not stopping. Yeah. So is that something you can learn, or is that more of an organic thing that you kind of have? Yeah, some guys just got it. Some guys just, just innately can do it. They're great point guards. You see it. They just, they just sense it. The biggest thing is reading defenders. The biggest thing is reading secondary defenders. You know, and uh, it's like the quarterback. You know, he sees the guy rushing him, but the secondary defenders are in coverage. And, and it's the same way in whether you're on ball screen offense, reading secondary defenders that are guarding the opposite corner guys and where you're reading the long roll to the arc, or you're going to skip it and read the Euro defender. And so those are things that, you know, you, you can really practice that, and you can get better. And uh, But there's some guys, Ben, they just come out, 
and they just got it. They can just, they just sense junior high. They just being able to sense defenders and put it right on guys and places they can just easily catch it and shoot it. Of all the newcomers, who's most ready to play right now? It seems like, from an outsider's perspective, Austin Crowley is the leader in the clubhouse to be the newcomer that contributes the most right now. Yeah, you know, uh, Hadeem Sai, you know, Austin Crowley is then. Bryce is starting to have some some moments that, you know, he got here a little bit later. Uh, and so, but 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 he started to, to play better and got a better sense of what we're doing. Uh, Dude McCullum has got a real physical presence and, and really had a nice scrimmage. So I think all of those guys, you know, have have adjusted well. And, uh, you know, I guarantee you, and they're going to be a part of all the competitive, you know, things that are going to come to practice. Jarkel Joyner, you know, has just been an unbelievable guy in our locker room. I, I've never, in the short term, I've never had a guy spend that much time in the gym. I mean, he's just in it all the time. And all around Oxford. He's in every gym in Oxford. He knows them all, you know, so he just – He's eat up with basketball, and uh, boy, his body's changed. So, so all those guys are going to be, I think, really have a chance for us uh, at some point in their careers to do well. You know how I know you're a veteran head coach? Ask you for one guy, and you talked about all of them. <laughs> That's how I know. There's a couple things. There's a couple things I've gotten decent at in my 38 years, I guess, Ben. Be a hell of a politician there, Kerm. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> Jar Kell's a really interesting case before we get out of here. From Oxford. When did that possibility pop up, and when did you know that y'all were going to take that chance with him? Yeah, just when he came in my office, and uh, you know, when he came in my office with his dad, who's a, a great guy, and and I just number one, I, I already made my mind. I wanted him at Ole Miss, and uh, I just thought he was just watching them on all the synergy, and then when you really get to know him and his dad, and you just sit there, and he's about five feet on the edge of his chair and you sense how much he loves Ole Miss and how much he wanted to be back home and play for his, uh, in, in, in town university. I mean, it just got it. It's just like, Holy cow, this guy is going to be unbelievable for us. And so he's everything I thought he would be. I mean, he just, the way he carries himself, the way he affects other guys on your team, getting them in the gym. And, uh, and I can tell, boy, he's already made a lot of progress and right. You know, he played for a great college coach. I mean, Rod did a great job with him and, he had two great years. It's just the kid just he loved Rod. He just wanted to get closer to home. He wanted to play for his in-state university, and uh, and yeah, he's he's going to be terrific for us. What's the scouting report? What can he be? You know, we got to get him to where he's he can make others better with the ball. Obviously, you've seen him probably more than I have. You know, in high school, boy, he can go get his own shot, and that's still going to be a big part of who he is here. But but being able to be be just we just talked about Ben. You know, being able to play off ball screens and then read secondary defenders and make others better. And I think he's, he's, he's really done that well this summer. He's doing better. Got to be more of a determined physical defender. And uh, no reason he can't be because of his athletic ability. Uh, but uh, he's just going to be a good player. He's just going to be fun to watch. He's explosive, dunks balls. And, yeah, the Ole Miss, the Ole Miss people, they're not just going to like him because he's from Oxford being. They're going to really like him because he's going to be a really good player. Well, one of the last things, and I know you can't get into specifics here, but Sammy, potentially August 19th, whenever you get word about whether he'll be here or not, um, outside of him, you got one open scholarship. Could there be a possibility of another coming? Before that answer from Kermit Davis, Ole Miss men's basketball coach, let me tell you quickly about the Oxford Park Commission and Cheney's Pharmacy. The Oxford Park Commission is currently registering for youth flag football in the fall baseball season. 
Leagues are open for ages 6 to 12 in football and 6 to 15 in baseball. Cost to sign up for football is $50, while it's just $40 for baseball. Each sport will be played at FNC Park. For more details, visit www.oxfordparkcommission.com. That's www.oxfordparkcommission.com. For all your pharmaceutical needs, Cheney's Pharmacy is the place to go. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney's Pharmacy. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Yep, there could be. And obviously, you know, Ben, we can't chime in on anything specifically, but yep, no doubt about it. I mean, there's, you know, it could, could it be eventually open going into the season, maybe. But, uh, but you know, right now, you know, we're sure working on some other avenues to, to fill the 13th scholarship. So when are you going out to football practice now that you don't have to go to practices? I know. I'm not, you know, I just, in fact, it's crazy. I was, I was thinking about that today. Text I know you, man. I know you. I know. Their schedule. I know. Finally, I got my basketball a little off my mind day to day. And so I do. I, I can't wait. I love college football. I'm, I'm getting my Memphis tickets today. And I uh, can't wait to get over there and watch them. And, uh, you know, gosh, I just keep my fingers crossed. When I was reading some different things. It matter to keep his team healthy during the fall camp. And, going to that Memphis thing at full strength. But I'm, I'll be out there this week for sure. That's the thing. This team has to stay healthy. And that's the worst thing for a coach. They don't have a ton of depth behind their starters right now. So no. if they have a critical injury like Alex Givens, it gets a little dicey. So that has to be the worst thing for a coach, knowing you have to stay healthy. It is. It's just those main guys. And, uh, I mean, Matt and him, boy, they got brutally beat up last year. And, you know, you and then the guys that got hurt was something. You know, it's like – Last year, TD and Brian knock on wood, you know, stayed healthy. And Devontae, you know, he nursed that injury. And our team kind of went up and down. And finally, he got he got more healthy. And so you're right. I mean, just those – some injuries you can absorb, others you can't. And I know Matt's thinking the same thing. You know, there's, there's probably, I'm sure, 10 or 15 guys out there that you just got to get them uh, through that year. And so hopefully the guys that are a little nicked up right now get healthy and get ready to roll. I feel like in another life – Kermit Davis, had he not been a head coach of basketball, would have coached football. I'd have loved it. I'll tell you what, I'd, yeah. I'd, just, I'd, I'd love to be an offensive coordinator. I'd give anything in my second <laughs> life, especially those salaries some of those cats make, be an offensive coordinator, call plays, and coach your guys. Then not have to talk to guys like you, just a whole, whole bunch. <laughs> the only time to do it be in a social setting, which I love to do with all you guys. That'd be a, you think about it now. That's perfect. Well, that's pretty good life there now. Yeah. yeah I promise you. You basically just said you'd be Rich Rod, so good for you. Good for you, Kurt. <laughs> He's old I wish I could be as good as Rich Rod. That'd hey. be perfect, I'm telling you. Would you run a spread? Oh, you no doubt. No question. I, no doubt. I just think it'd be the funnest thing to be able to anticipate next play calls. And I mean, Rich Rod is as good as anybody in college football doing that. I can't wait to, to watch him. Because what I love about just watching his team like that he's had is that he spreads it, but it's with a physicality. The way they run it, you know, I've always loved that about his about his team. So I'm looking forward to to watching, especially uh, the opener versus Memphis. He's Kermit Davis, Ole Miss men's basketball coach, joining us on the Modern Woodman phone line. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. We'll do it again. Thanks, man.
That was Ole Miss men's basketball coach Kermit Davis. This is Talk of Champions, powered by BNA Bank. I don't know about you, but I want my banking made simple. And I certainly want to trust the people who've got my money. Well, if you're like me, BNA Bank is where you need to go. Maybe you're a student just starting out. You don't know much about personal banking or business banking, loan services. Well, I tell you who does. BNA Bank, be it Mike Staten, Bo Collins, Vance Witt, my buddy Bob Spencer. These are friends of the podcast. Ole Miss fans, sure, but more importantly, they care about you. They're going to take care of you. They're going to make sure that your banking experience is done flawlessly, comfortably, and with trust and respect. With a five-star rating from Bauer Financial and an excellent rating from Weiss Ratings, BNA Bank is recognized as one of the strongest financial institutions in the country. But where can you find them? How about bnabank.com? Or give them a call, 662-534-8171, 662-534-8171. BNA's main office and two branch offices are located in New Albany, my hometown, with another branch located in Myrtle, two branches in Tupelo and Lee County, Mississippi, and one loan production office in Oxford. Where you put your money matters. And the only place to put your money, the only place that Ben Garrett puts his money is BNA Bank. So check them out, bnabank.com, 662-534-8171. There's no other place. They've helped me. They'll help you. Tell them Ben Garrett to talk of champions sent you. And now, back to talk of champions. Okay, David, before we get out of here, you had an update over the weekend on five-star defensive tackle McKinley Jackson. Ole Miss is the only Mississippi school in his top five. So should Ole Miss fans be feeling cautiously optimistic where do things stand right now yeah i think cautiously optimistic is exactly where things stand right now uh there is no doubt that the recruitment of mckinley jackson is going to have drama okay he's already told us i'm not signing anywhere until february so you're going to have some major players that are going to be hanging around until the very end i think ultimately those players are going to be old miss texas a&m and lsu remember lsu was his first love so to speak he committed to lsu early in his high school career as a 10th grader and then and then opened it back up a couple of weeks later when he realized hey it's way too early for me to commit somewhere he's been back to baton Rouge this summer but he was a serial visitor i think as i said in that story uh, to old miss back in the early in the in the late spring and early summer uh, to a point where he was up here like twice in a, in a span of three weeks if memory serves me correct old miss is definitely in on mckinley jackson i think they need to win a few games this fall obviously that's going to help if they're going to a bowl game um and, and keep one eye peeled on Texas A&M and LSU. But right now, I think if his recruiting ended today, I, th- I think he'd be an Ole Miss Rebel right now. There's a lot of water to flow under that bridge, though, Ben. And uh, again, this is going to be one the night before National Signing Day. Everybody's going to be on the message board wondering what is going on and where he's going to sign because he's going to keep his cards tucked in his pocket until the very end. What's going on with Jeremiah Piggies? Man, I, I mean, that is a great question. Obviously, Ole Miss does not have a whole lot of spots left in their 2020 signing class. Jeremiah Piggies, J.J. Piggies, has one of those spots if he so chooses. Um, but for the longest of time now, you know, the, 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 the vibe out there has been that Auburn has, has surged to the forefront of his recruitment. Um, you know, he's been over there a whole lot. He obviously likes them. A former Ole Miss Rebel in the form of Marcus Woodson on the Auburn staff is in charge of his recruitment. Uh, I talked to J.J. a good bit. He's generally very candid candid with me. And, and I, I mean, I think, I think it's an element there that he may not want to stay home and play his college football. 
And, and I think that's a real thing. And, 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 you know, people may have a hard time understanding that, but for a kid that has grown up in Oxford, Mississippi and never seen the world, so to speak, never experienced what's on the other, fi- other side of the fence, I understand how that can be, you know, a lure to perhaps uh, – Go to school somewhere else. I mean, you know, there's no doubt, doubt J.J. loves Ole Miss, and, and he grew up an Ole Miss fan. He'll tell you that. But um, there's something real happening between him and Auburn. The Rebels still are pursuing him relentlessly. And, and again, this is just going to have to be one. We're going to see if Holmes going to win out in the end or if it doesn't. Nevertheless, uh, you got to respect the decision if he decides not to come here because there, I think there are good reasons, you know, that maybe he wants to go and, and try something else out and see something else. may not like it, but it's J.J. Peggy's life. Here's the problem. They're recruiting Jeremiah Peggy's. They have two senior tight ends on the roster. They graduate after this season. There's no obvious candidate to replace no, Jason right. and Octavius Cooley. If right. they don't get J.J. Pegues, where do they go? I guess you go Juco. I mean, because I'm, I'm going to tell you, I mean, looking at the tight end roster right now, I, I would think, I mean, Ben, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be ugly here, but I would think you'd want to sign at least two and possibly even three in this class. And, uh, you know, they, they, they have one. Uh, that that is already committed right now, and that's Demarcus Thomas out of Saraland, Alabama. You definitely have to have a second. And like I said, I'm not so sure I wouldn't bring in a JUCO third guy at the tight end position if you can find uh, find a way to do so. Because you're right, Octavius Cooley and Jason Pellerin are gone after this year, and uh, behind them right now is a converted quarterback in Alex Faneuil and a converted linebacker in Jonathan Hess. And uh, then a collection of walk-ons. You've got Nick Haynes, and then you've got Chad Kelly's little brother, Casey Kelly. And, uh, you know, maybe you hit on somebody there. Dawson Knox was a walk-on. Maybe you don't. But uh, nevertheless, I don't think any of those guys are going to be ready to take over the starting role come the 2020 season. So that's that's why I think you you might not be surprised – to see them maybe try to find a JUCO tight end or a transfer tight end that could be a plug-and-play type guy come next season. Yeah, forgive me if I don't have much confidence in Alex Faniel or Jonathan Hess taking over. Well, I mean, they're both good athletes. There's no doubt about it. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to discount those guys or indict their potential by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, I, I mean, Cooley, uh, you know what he can do at tight end. Jason Pellerin is a fantastic athlete. You hope he uh, has a breakout year this fall. So you're not as worried about the tight end position right now. But I mean, really, even this season, there's not a whole lot of catches there. I mean, Cooley's got maybe a dozen or so catches in his career. I, I'm not sure Jason Pellerin's ever caught a pass in a game. Um, and that's your experience level this year. Well, it's going to be a lot. That hole is going to be a lot deeper next year if they don't bring in either a transfer tight end or JUCO tight end. And then JJ Peggy's like you know we've been talking about. He's the kind of guy that can help you year one. I mean, I really believe that he's big, he's strong, he's athletic, he's got great hands. Um, so he can help right off the bat, and that makes him a very important target the rest of the way. I've been predicting an Octavius Cooley breakout for the last four years. So if they do land JJP Geese, I'm just going to wait and see, not make any predictions whatsoever. Let the career play out. I've learned my lesson. Yeah, and I, I think that goes back to 
what we were talking about earlier, how is a guy got to make the transition from sleeping in his own bed every night to eating mama's food every night to being in an environment where he is the top dog all the time to the college level. Some guys make it quicker. Some guys don't. I will say this about Cooley. I think we've all seen a very good maturation process on his part from the time he first got here until where he is now as a senior on this football team. And um, I do believe you're going to see Octavius Cooley have a breakout year this year. I think Jason Pellerin's time to shine's here too. I think you'll see both those guys involved in the passing game. I'll take your word for it. But the tight end situation, it, it's kind of scary. It's kind of scary when you start projecting it forward because you don't know what's next. And that position in this offense, a spread, granted it's not Longo spread, yep. but it's a run-heavy variation of it. You're going to use a tight end slash H-back a lot, so you need that position covered. And outside of this year, you don't really have that. If I were to tell you that J.J. Peggy's then is the most critical get in this recruiting class. Would you agree, disagree? I'd agree. I would agree with the way things stand right now moving forward. Absolutely. He's the guy you have to get. Um, and, 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 you know, you bring up another good point. The tight end position scares you really and truly. And look, we're, we're out there mining for silver linings. Everybody understands that. But if you want to look at this offense from 30,000 feet, there are a lot of things that scare you about it because really the only position – that you feel comfortable depth-wise and talent-wise where there's some proven talent there is the running back position. I mean, you know, you can make an argument that the offensive line could be a detriment to this football team. You can certainly make an argument that there are outside of Elijah Moore, as you pointed out, there's not a lot of proven talent in the wide receiver course. You've talked about the tight ends extensively. And, folks, you're one play away, one very unfortunate stinging play away from Matt Corral not being your quarterback. And, you know, again, that goes back to depth issues right there. You got three true freshmen behind him, and the SEC is not a kind neighborhood for a true freshman to have to uh, try to sharpen his skill set. Ole Miss has not finished a season with its starting quarterback in each of the last three years. Mm. So Mm. if you're an Ole Miss fan and you're banking everything on Matt Corral – Hang on for dear life and just pray and hope that nothing happens to that kid. Yeah, and again, that is nothing against the very capable kids coming along in Grant Tisdale, John Rice Plumley. They're just true freshmen. They're just kids, though, and it's a huge deal. It is a huge difference in Friday night and Saturday afternoon on national television. I mean, it's 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 the different Earth and Mars, I would presume. Um, it's a strange, strange land. And Matt Corral only has four games under his belt, but he's been being groomed for this position for well over a year now. He should be ready. Uh, He should be capable of handling it. But, you know, again, you feel good about the Ole Miss quarterback position unless, and if unless happens, then all of a sudden, man, all bets are off. How's Kadir Shepard doing? He got banged up. So what's the update on him? Yeah, you know the uh, what we were told on Friday. He's out. He's going to miss ten days of practice. Which that's not good. No, that's not good at all. Uh, Ole Miss is deeming it as a hand injury. Uh, you know, uh, sources say, uh, and I'll put that in quotation marks, that it is a a broken hand. I don't know how to define broken hand. Is it a fracture? Is it a finger? I have no idea. Uh, but ten days, and then I would expect you're probably, and I'm guessing here. No doctor. I'm not claiming to be. He's probably coming back with some sort of mitt or club on that hand. Um, 
but uh, he's an important part of that defense. Shepard, in my opinion, has he's the, the ability. Pin. Yeah, he's got he's got the ability to be one of the best pass rushers in the SEC in this new outside linebacker position. And uh, man, you got to have him healthy and ready to go. But Ben, that's that's kind of been the uh, thin line they're walking with fall camp with the depth issues all over the field and the fact that they want this team to kind of have a black and blue call, calling card and be physical, very physical in nature. At what point in fall camp do you go, okay, we got to kind of start with these guys killing each other right now and uh, making sure we get them to the season opener against Memphis? I I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know what you do because there's no right answer for it. You want them to be physical and ready to smash mouth against Memphis um, come that August 28th opener. But you're right. The depth issues are real. So after Kadir Shepard, is it Charles Wiley? Who's next? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean that's still playing out in count, but you can use that same, uh, you know, scenario on the offensive side of the ball. What about Alex Givens? Oh okay? God. I mean, your best offensive lineman, and uh, you know, is he going to be bagged by the season opener? My, in my opinion, uneducated opinion, no I don't way. think he will be. Um, you know, the hope is going to always spring eternal in 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 the form of uh, press releases and podium talk. But I, I just think you can't rush him back. Okay, you cannot rush him back. And uh, you know, I, I would I would venture to say he might be ready to go by by week two, maybe maybe by week two, but my guess would be that would be the earliest, just using common sense. I don't know anything. I'm just using common sense here that back surgery and not being in football playing shape, obviously, because you can't do everything right now. Uh, You've been out of the weight room for a while, I would presume, because you're not in there pushing up weight or squatting when uh, you've had back surgery. That is going to take a little time to get back uh, into, you know, a game-ready format. So I, I don't hold out much hope that he's going to play in the Memphis game. I, I think Arkansas at the earliest, and that may be pushing it. Just an opinion. Just I, an opinion. I feel so bad for that kid. He was right on the precipice of getting that notoriety to be the best offensive lineman, not only at Ole Miss, but among the best in the SEC. All the draft hype that comes with that, and here he is. Now everything is up in the air. You just don't know what Alex Givens is or what he's going to be. Well, you and I have talked about this before. He hasn't done much of anything since April. So what is he even going to be when he comes back? We don't know that, and that's that, a big that, issue. Yeah, there's no doubt he can return to uh, you know the form we saw him you know, display last season. Sure. It's just going to take a little while on the see. You can't put, press pause on the season uh, to let it, let him catch up with it. That's, that's the issue right there. And then the last thing you want to do, and you know, Ole Miss coaching staff and the training staff know this, you don't want to put him back in there too early and then, you know, rush him back. And then maybe he's not available down the stretch. You've got to have a healthy 100% full go Alex Givens when you put him back in the lineup. Good thing. Michael Howard's been good so far. He has been one of the surprises of fall camp. Uh, the you know the biggest surprise is Michael Howard went out and become a fat boy over the summertime. I mean, how about that? Um, and and I mean that in the best possible way. You know, he struggled to put weight on ever since he got to Ole Miss. That's always been the knock on Mike was his weight. And then all of a sudden, we look out there day one of fall camp, and he's he's every bit of two hundred eighty five pounds. Matt Luke said he was, uh, and he's still moving just as well. He's always been a really good aggressive, smart football player that's just just been a little bit too light on the edge. He still might 
be a tad bit light out there on the edge, but maybe he's good enough now, heavy enough now that, that he's going to be able to handle what they throw at him. And I, I think he's going to do a really good job. He's David Johnson at Rebels247 on Twitter. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. This has been Talk of Champions. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. We're also available anywhere you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. David and I write for the Ole Miss Spirit. OMSpirit.com and a food of 247 Sports. David, thank you for coming back, man. Did you enjoy yourself? I did. I, I just had a great time. I, as a matter Good. of fact, I'm going hoarse. I talk so much, uh, about to lose my voice. That's the beauty of having you on. I ask you one question, you talk for 10 minutes. It's perfect. Yeah, my wife, my wife tells me the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. We'll do it again. Sounds good, Ben. Thanks. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.